this past Wednesday, we do morning coffees on Wednesday, and um, it's been awesome. It's been really good. We just meditated on the Word. We get together in a Zoom call, and we just kind of just allow the Word to just preach to us and speak to us. It's a beautiful thing, and it's been awesome. And the cool thing is, is uh, anyways, just people from, we have actually somebody from Malawi that you guys remember Martha. Martha actually tunes in. It's the craziest thing. And so she's all the way over in Malawi, and she's in on our Zoom call. But um, anyways, we were in this. We were, we were reading uh, Psalm 51. We were in Psalm 51. And uh, while we were reading this, every, uh, you know, the last step that we do in this process is we say, Holy Spirit, what are you in, inviting us into? And so we just kind of spend some time meditating and praying and seeking Holy Spirit on that. And as I was just meditating... The uh, Holy Spirit just brought uh, the scripture that I want to share with you today. It's Matthew eleven twenty eight to my mind. It says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And what I felt Holy Spirit saying to me is that, and I believe this is for everybody here, is that Holy Spirit in this season and this time, that he's inviting us to partner with him in gentleness and humility. The Holy Spirit, I believe, I mean, this is, he's, this is what he's putting on my heart. I had a lot of things on my list that I wanted to share. This is kind of like an open Sunday. But the thing is, is that what we do here is we seek Holy Spirit first. So Holy Spirit has rule and reign here in terms of what we talk about. <laughs> it's not the John Richter thing. It's, it's what he wants. And he put that on my heart that he's inviting us to partner with him in gentleness and in humility. And so that's what I really want to talk about with you today. So the goals for this message, what I would like for us is to just take some time and to meditate and to have our minds renewed with the nature and the character of who our, our father is. The God that we have relationship with. The God of all creation. Right? Who is he, and what is he like? Have you guys ever had a situation? I'm looking at Jim and Krista over here. But have you guys ever had a situation where, like, you totally, Jim, misunderstood what Krista was doing? Like, you know, she was doing some things, and you just were start. You just like, what is she doing? Why is she doing it? You know, she. I thought she loved me, right? And yeah, that's never happened before. It's happened to me all the time. But anyways, and so then we sit down. What do we do? We sit down and we get face to face with that person, and we express ourselves, and we, what we, normally what happens nine times out of ten is we come to understand that that, that wasn't what they were thinking at all. That's the, that wasn't the motivation. Actually, their motivation was actually trying to do something in love towards me, and I was interpreting it as just the opposite of that, right? And so that's what, sometimes with God, the, the situations of life come around, right? And we, we start you know, judging or the motives of why God is doing this or why God is doing that. And we lose sight of the fact that really deep in his heart, he loves us. And we forget about his nature and his motivations. And we, you know, all these things start, we have all these misunderstandings about God. But sometimes we just need to sit down and let him speak to us about why he's doing and who he is, why he's doing what he's doing and, and who he actually is. So I want to look at him today. I want to take some time. I want to, I want to uh, for each of us, to meditate and to consider how are we partner, partnering with him and also to become like him and to yoke ourselves with him in this journey of being gentle and humble. 
So that first part of that verse, I'm just kind of going to step through this and we're going to meditate on this for a little bit for the next 20, 25 minutes. It says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I love that. Come to me. Here's Jesus. Come to me. All you who labor and are heavy laden. See, this is the qualification. These are the qualifications of what it means to come to Jesus. This is what qualifies you. You know, laboring, heavy laden, beaten down, struggling, weary, burdened with the struggles of life, rejected, broken, hurting, laboring to get by, making bad decisions, messing things up. If you, if that quali- that's the qualification to coming to Jesus. Those are the kind of people that he's looking for. Those are the kind of people that he's longing to have relationship with. Right? I love this scripture because of this. Because if I, I was thinking about this today, if, I, if someone came to me and didn't know anything about Christianity, and he said, give me just one set of scriptures to help me understand the gospel and who Jesus is, I think I would give him this. Honestly, I would go to this set of scripture. Just think about this, because this contains everything about who God is and what is he like and the good news of rest that he's offering us. Isn't that awesome? This is the gospel in the nutshell. It captures the, the character and the nature of God and the awesomeness of the freedom of good news. It's not a heavy burden to carry. It's not a bunch of rules and regulations. It's about a relationship. It's about coming alongside Jesus and yoking ourselves with him and letting us lead us and guide us through life. And then the next verse, he says this. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So basically, if you switch that, that around, it says this. Because God is gentle and humble, gentle and lowly, we should take his yoke. Because he is gentle and because he is lowly, we should take his yoke. I love that Jesus says and describes this about himself because actually, and I heard this once in a, in a message and it just kind of floored me, but this is the only place in scripture where Jesus actually describes himself. All the other places are really the apostles looking at him and writing about him, but this is the place where Jesus says, this is who I am. And remember, if you, Jesus said this, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I'm the exact likeness of who Father God is. The creator of all the universe, the one who formed us in our mother's womb, this is what he's like. This is the heart of who I am. I am gentle and I'm humble in heart. I love that word that he, said, he uses the word, this is my heart. In the, in the Greek, it's actually the it, the word cardio, where we get like cardio, like cardiovascular system and our, and our blood system and all that kind of stuff. The soul or, or it, it, the meaning of it is this. I'm just going to read it to you. It says, the soul or mind, as it is the fountain and seat of the thoughts, passions, desires, appetites, affections, purposes, endeavors, of the will and character, of the middle or central or the inmost parts of a thing. So the inmost uh, parts of God, the, at the deepest core of who God is. 
out of all the adjectives that Jesus could have pulled from in terms of like awesomeness and holiness and greatness and majesty and all these things that he could use to describe himself. And the two words that Jesus grabs is this, gentle and humble. That's at the core. That's at the nature of who our God is. And we just got to sit with that for just for a moment and let that sink into our spirit. That's the nature and the character of, of, of Father God and of Jesus Christ. At the center and heart of God, his nature and his character is that he is gentle and that he's humble. Why is this so important? Because each of us, listen, each of us has a relationship. We're in relationship with God every day. Every moment of our lives, we're in relationship with God, the creator of all things. And we need to understand what motivates him and what moves him and what he's like. And how do we approach him? See, this is really important because, listen, when we read scripture, Okay, and I, I, we, we talk about this a lot, but I'm going to say it again because we need to hear it, is that, listen, we can, you can go back and read an Old Testament story. Maybe it's a historical account of David and some of his interactions or Solomon or, you know, you could go back and read all of these accounts. But listen, what Jesus says to us, right, we can never allow anything that happens back here in the Old Testament to trump something that Jesus declared to us in the New because he is the perfect representation. He is the perfect expression of the character and the nature of God. We can't allow, um, you know, things and situations around us that scream that God's in judgment or God's condemning or all these things about God. We can't allow that to trump what Jesus says here in this, this passage, that, G, that God is gentle, that I am gentle, and that I'm humble in heart. So how do we see this lived out in Jesus' life? Well, we see this with the interaction of the woman who's caught in adultery, don't we? And they, caught the, you know, they catch this woman in adultery. They bring her to Jesus. And what does Jesus do? I love this. What does he do? He, he gets, sits, I don't know, we don't know exactly what posture he is, but what's he do? The first thing he does is he gets down low. Probably where she's at because she's laying there. They threw her. If you watch any of the shows on this, they throw her to the ground, and she's weeping, ready to get stoned. And what does Jesus do? He gets down, right, in her, right in, down where she's at, face to face, nose to nose. He starts writing in the ground, right? And what we see coming out of Jesus is gentleness and lowliness and humility. We see this when Jesus interacts with Zacchaeus, right? And he calls Zacchaeus down, this guy who knows nothing and, and is probably walking in sin and is not, doesn't have a really good reputation necessarily in society. And he calls him down and says, hey, I'm going to eat dinner with you right now, right? And, he, and Jesus was known as a friend of sinners, right? He's just hanging out with these low people, right? Because Jesus is all, he, when Jesus walked, where did he walk? He walked in the low places. And he walked with gentleness. And he walked with humility. We see this when Jesus, when the, when the apostles are going, wait a minute, you're the king of kings, you're the Lord of lords, you're the Messiah. Get these children out of here. Get them out. The Messiah doesn't need to be hanging around with a bunch of kids. That's stupid. 
What does Jesus do? He's like, stop it. Stop it. Let the kids come to me. And he took them into his arms. And he held them and he looked them in the face. And he said, the kingdom of heaven is, is like such of these. This is what the kingdom of heaven is made of. These little kids right here. Why? Because Jesus is gentle. And he takes the low place. Now, I think thinking of this word gentle, what is the opposite of gentle? I think it's good to think about that. What is the actual opposite? It's harshness, right? It's sternness, stern and harsh. Stubbornness, it's cold. It lacks of affection. Gentle, there's no, it lacks uh, intimacy. It's angry, right? The opposite of gentleness is anger and frustration. I was just thinking about this. And I was thinking about the fact that I'm called to be the representation of Jesus to everyone that, that, that I meet. But especially, right, where am I supposed to live out the good news? If I, how am I expecting a, a stranger to follow Jesus and, and to look at my life and go, hey, I want to follow God if my children, what they see is frustration and it's anger. And I was thinking about all the times that I've like just gone off on that. Go, what are you doing? You know, and I'm not talking like 10 years ago. I'm like, I'm talking like 10 days ago. I don't know if that's true. I just, it just sounded good. But I'm just saying that, yeah, Jonathan's nodding. He's going, yeah, 10 days ago for sure. Yeah. Dad, you went off on the handle 10 days ago. We're called to represent Jesus. To represent him in gentleness. And in lowliness, especially to our family, especially those around us. I have a, a video. Are we okay back there? Can we cue up a video? This is a, so before you play it, hit pause there. Hit pause. It's good. Well, anyway, so Maria has a horse. We got a horse about a year ago. Just a little bit background story. And, well, this horse, precious horse, um, Maria does such a great job of taking care of this horse. Well, anyways, the horse was lonely. Horses need each other. So we were like, Let, we got to get another mini horse. You know, this horse, she's acting weird. So we got another mini horse. And so we, she buys this, we buy this mini horse. And uh, Paul from our farrier, Paul's a precious person. And uh, Paul calls Kim up one day and says, Kim, we got a foal. You got a foal. So Kim's like, what's a foal? What is she sick? Or, you know, I mean, I mean, she's got all these things going through. Kim, she's got a foal, two for one. You got two for one. She's like, she's pregnant, Kim. She's pregnant. <laughs> Finally, we got it. You know what I mean? We're like, what's going on? I guess they had, it, they had gotten her pregnant and they forgot in the paperwork she wasn't supposed to be pregnant. But long story short, she's pregnant, and so we get the two for one special, right? <laughs> So, you know, hey, that was a good purchase, I guess. You know what we knew what we were doing. But anyway, so we got Lucy. 
And so Lucy has this baby this, like this past week. Lucy has this baby. I mean, I, I've never seen an animal. I've, I, I thought about that. I've never seen an animal one day old. You know what I mean? Like when you get a puppy, it's like eight or ten weeks old. I've never seen an animal that was one day old, and it was like this incredible experience. It's like, man, this is awesome. And so anyways, we wanted, you know, Kim and I had talked about this. We said, hey, we want to make sure that this, this pony, it, like, we want to build a relationship. We want this pony to be comfortable with us and that, you know, that it's safe to be around us and that we have a relationship with this and that, you know what I mean, that we have, that it feels accepted and it feels loved and it feels safe in our presence, right? And so we went out into the field and um, go ahead and show that. Did, you, did we already pass the video? Did everybody see that? And I get all my hands and knees, right? Because I tried to run up to the horse, but every time I came up to the horse, it ran away, right? Sweet girl. And so I had to get on my hands and knees, and I started petting her. And she starts licking me. She's like licking my nose and licking my ear. She's trying to bite your glasses off. She's in my ears, yeah. (laughs) But she would only allow me to approach if I got way low, right? Oh, and she gave her kisses. And let me say, she was the one that approached me because I got close, and then I put my hand out, and then eventually she made the decision to come up and actually interact with me, which I thought was was amazing. Let's go, come on. What's the point? Is exactly. God wants us to know, just like I had to approach that horse, and to get lowly, Jesus gets low. And he comes to us in gentleness. And he wants us to feel comfortable in his presence. And he wants us to feel safe. To know that he's present and he's there with us. In the different situations of life. But not only that, is he says, take my yoke and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Meaning this, that we're called to learn from Jesus. So how Jesus approaches and leads is how we're called to lead. Now this is not how the world does things, right? The world is all about charisma. The world is all about, um, you know, you know, sternness and, and, you know, going after it and action-oriented. And I mean, we talk about all these different things. But the characteristics that we don't hear about in the self-help leadership books is let's get gentle and let's get humble. But it's the way of Jesus. And listen, all of you are called to lead, right? Linda, you have patience that you're caring for, right? Gentleness and humility. I have students at Miami University that I'm trying to lead in terms of being engineers, gentleness and humility. I'm thinking of Deb Pitts and how many students she has in her class, gentleness and humility. All of us are leaders. I mean, this one thing about this church, this is a church of leaders, world changers, right? Influencers of a whole community right here in one place, in one house. And the call and the, and the, and the uh, invitation of Holy Spirit is will you partner with me in gentleness and in humility? The word that uh, Jesus used there for lowly, it actually only occurs twice in the Bible, or at least it only occurs once in this form, but there's actually a a place that Peter actually uses a a version of it. Topinos, 
And this is what it literally means. I mean, the humble is a good translation, but not rising far from the ground. I mean, that's the literal translation, not rising far from the ground. I think it's interesting that the, the followers of Jesus and how we're, we were taught to pray. I mean, if you, if you know a lot of the first apostles and you read historically about them, like, like a lot of them had like scars on their knees because why? When they would pray, they were all on their knees. They would get low, right? Some, sometimes we, they would pray laying down prostrate completely on the floor. Because they understood that Jesus was in the low places. They understood that Jesus was in the low places. Isaiah captured this in, in, in 57, 15. It says this, I dwell in the high and holy place, and with him who has a contrite and a humble spirit. That's where you can find Jesus, with those who are contrite and humble. What is the opposite of lowliness? It's pride. It's arrogance. It's I am always right attitude. It's rising above. It's thinking less of. It's exalting self and self-focused and not willing to step into other people's circumstances. That's the opposite of lowly. And honestly, that's what everyone before Jesus came, right, thought religion was all about, right? It was definitely, it was a high and exalted thing, and it wasn't wasn't about servitude and, and making yourself low. John 10, just this is a quick paraphrase of this, but basically it says of Jesus, it says, For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life for the sheep. For, for this reason, listen, we talk about the unconditional love of God, but I think this is a, for this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life for the sheep. For this reason. The Father loves me. This is the reason why the Father loves me. Why? Because I lay down my life for the sheep. Have you ever had a time where you know that God loves you, but you're struggling to feel his presence? I mean, you're just like, I know he's here. I know God exists. But I'm just struggling to feel that intimate affection of God. Like, I, I feel like we're distant. I feel like I'm cold. You know what I mean? Have you ever had an experience like that? Maybe in your walk or in your life? I remember I had, I've had a number of those circumstances. And let me tell you that, let me tell you my interpretation of that. Is that it's an invitation to get lower. It's an invitation into the low place. Because where are you going to find Jesus? Jesus is always in the low place. I had an, a, 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 an experience like this just a couple years ago. I'll, I'll, it just kind of reminded me when I was thinking about this. Um, I went to a regional conference. It was over in Indiana. and all, mostly of, Most everyone there is pastors, the vineyard pastors. Right? So we're all gathered together, and there was this great message, and and I'm just like, you know, 
I'm just, I, I, God, I need you. I just come to that place where I need you, Lord. I need to feel your presence. I need to know that you're with me. I need to hear your voice. I need to con- be connected with you. I just want more of you, right? And they had this great altar call and this great message, and, and I'm like, I'm there. Boom. Down on my floor. I'm down on my face right there, and snot's coming out. I'm weeping. The Holy Spirit's just all over me. And no one even prayed for me. I'm just having this encounter with the Lord because I got in the low place. I said, I surrender, Lord. I want more of you no matter what it takes. I got to have your presence. And so I got in that low place. And the Lord met me right there. Because he always meets us in the low place. Because he's always in the low place. The funny thing is, is I got up from that. And and I'm like, I got up and I turned around. And I'm the only person up there. Only person that responded to the altar. I'm like, are you guys kidding me? I'm the only one up here? What's the problem with this picture? It was hard not to get into a place of judgment. I was like, ah. Lord, I'm just thankful that you met me. Because all I care is I want more of you. It's an invitation into the lower place. See, if, let's just hypothetically for a moment. If Jesus was here. Let's, let's just pretend for a moment that he was here in the flesh. I'm not talking about the spirit of Jesus. I'm talking about Jesus, and he was a part of the Oxford Vineyard. He was a member. He was a, he was a part of this, right, right here. He was here. He was in our midst, right? I think, and, and please, this isn't a, a call for people to, to, you know, don't hear what I'm not saying, Parker. All right, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying I'm, not, I'm trying to rally the troops to get involved with children's ministry. But I believe that if Jesus was here and he was walking in our midst and they said, hey, we need somebody to do children's ministry, I think his first, he's the one with the first hand up. Because that's the heart of Jesus. He'd be like, I'm there. I'm with the kids because they're my favorite." And they go, hey, we're doing a ministry outreach to the poor, the people in our community. They're in a low place and they're they're in need. Jesus would be like, boom, I'm there. Why? Because Jesus is always in the low place. He's never afraid to get involved in people's lives. We can always find Jesus in the low place. So if you're feeling that if you're feeling that you know what all I could say is get lower get lower because you'll always find Jesus in the low place this is um see I love as a pastor I love to watch I'm, I get excited about watching you enter into ministry and, and, and living out the gospel. That makes me excited. I mean, it's like the other day I was on my side porch and I go outside at 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm just kind of having some quiet time. And I look out into the field and there's my daughter Maria. And she's out there and she's cleaning up after the horses and she's doing all this stuff. And I'm going, man, look at that servant's heart. I mean, I was never so proud. I was like, so, that's so awesome. You know, it's so good. I think a great example of, of this getting low is, is uh, the, Tina and, and they just stepped out. 
Look at that. That's amazing. <laughs> Tina and Chris, perfect timing. I asked them if I could share about them. But, you know, they've been a part of our fellowship here for a little bit. And, man, it's been so exciting to have them. And God's been doing such a work in their life. And um, I love, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but I'm completely, I, I'm so connected with this. That, like, there's been, like, for the last two to three months, even before COVID all broke out and all that kind of stuff, that, that Tina purposed in her heart to get into the low place with some needy people here from our church, right? And she would spend time with them, and she would talk to them, and she would listen to them. And it was, I was just like, oh, my gosh, that's the heart of Jesus right there. I mean, if I'm looking for Jesus, that's it. Because Tina knows that you find Jesus where? In the low place. Jesus said, this is why he said this. He said, he said whatever you do, right, if you, if you feed me in the jail, if you visit me in the jail, or if you feed me food, right, or whatever the circumstance, what do you do? He said, whatever you do to the least of these, what? You're doing with me. Because why? He associates with people in the low place. If you want to find Jesus, find him in the low place. Because that's where he lives and that's where he dwells. It's with the contrite and the humble. The last part of that scripture, it says this, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I love that word picture. There's so many things. I can't even go into all of the details about yoke, but that's just a beautiful word picture. I mean, if, if you understand what yoke is, I don't know, do we have a picture of yoke? We don't have a picture of yoke. But a yoke is actually what, I mean, they would, it was a farming tool that they would use, typically made of wood or metal, that they would harness around the necks or the, or the shoulders, all right, of oxen. And they would take two and they would mate them together so they're facing in the same direction, side by side. Facing in the same direction, right? So that they could do what? So they could go work the land. So they could fulfill the assignment. That word yoke the root word of that word yoke is actually means to join together, right? To marry, to, to, to merge together. And I love this picture because it's not like Jesus doesn't give us a picture of him out in front and us behind him, right? What is this? The God of the universe says, take my yoke upon you. Come side by side with me. Partner in me with where I am going and what I am doing. And you will do what? You will find rest. There's a lot of Christians that aren't in rest. They're not living in rest. They're living in anxiety. They're living in fear. They're living in turmoil. Why? Because we're not yoked to Jesus. The Holy Spirit is inviting us to take his yoke upon us and to learn from him. 
because he's gentle and he's humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, being yoked with Jesus, right? When, when the storm comes, let's think, think about this. When the storm comes, what happened with Jesus when the storm came, right? They were all panicked. Peter's running around going, we're going to die, we're going to die. They weren't yoked to Jesus. They were in the presence of Jesus, but they weren't yoked to him. Because what was Jesus doing? He was sleeping through the storm. And see, this is how you sleep through the storms of life, right? This is how you can just rest through the storms. This is how you can have joy in the midst of struggles. It's because you're yoked with the creator of all things. And when he woke up, he was almost like, what are you guys thinking? Are you seriously think we're going to die? I'm in the freaking boat. I mean, I mean, that's a little paraphrased. <laughs> but I think it's a good translation. Are you serious? A storm is going to take out the creator. That makes no sense, right? Because they weren't yoked. They weren't yoked side by side with the creator. This is an interesting story, and this, one's, this is one that's just like, you know what I mean, just kind of blows my mind. But um, I read this book by Mahesh Shabna. Anybody know Mahesh Shabna? Mahesh Shabna, just great man of God. And I was learning about the healing ministry, and he has this incredible ministry, and God has just anointed him. God called his wife and him together in partnership on this thing, and they're chasing and they're pursuing God, and in the midst of that, they're having a family. And I don't remember all the details, but he shares this story in one of his books where his wife's pregnant, they're having complications. She ends up giving birth to their son, who is then in ICU, or he's in, he's a mess. They're, they're, he's, he's like, they're not giving him any chance to live. Well, the next day, or excuse me, that day, it was the same day that he's supposed to get on an airplane to go to ministry. He's going to go on this thing. He had promised and he was there, and this was like a sudden thing. I think it was a premature kind of situation, so it wasn't planned. And then all of a sudden, he's there, and he goes to his wife, and she's in the hospital bed, and she's not doing well. And he says to her, he says, I'm canceling it. I know this is last minute, but obviously I'm canceling it. We're not doing this. And she says, no. She says, no, you're not. We've committed to following Jesus, and we're not going to let the enemy steal or rob what God wants to do in this. And so Mahesh gets on the plane, and he takes off, right? And his wife's a mess, right? But he's trusting God, and he's yoked to Jesus. And he's, he, when he gets down the next day, they call. His baby is completely healed, and his wife rec fully recovers. He did not allow, right, the circumstances to distract him from the assignment. Now, I'm not saying that, hey, that's always the right decision. I, please, don't, don't, that's not what I'm saying. But, but we have to be sensitive to Holy Spirit. And we have to be yoked to him. Because in circumstances like that, we run to everybody else, but we fail to run to Holy Spirit and say, what are you saying and what are you doing in the midst of this circumstance? Because why? We're not yoked to the doctors. And I, don't, I love doctors. Please, don't. We're not yoked to our family members. 
We're not yoked to the government. We're not yoked to religion. We're yoked to Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is inviting us into this partnership to walk side by side in the assignment that he has. See, there's, there's storms brewing, and I, I believe that this is, I'm just going to close with this. There's storms happening all around us. I mean, even more so than, I mean, the, our culture and all society right now, I, I, in my lifetime, I've not seen the unrest that I've seen. I mean, our culture, there's a storm happening, and there's people throwing mud back and forth at each other and yelling and screaming and being harsh right? You shouldn't be wearing a mask. You should be wearing a mask, right? I mean, I mean, I'm picking that out, right? Good one. Thank you, guys. That was perfect. But I'm just trying to say is that our culture is, it, it, it's, it's hostile. Our, there's a storm that's brewing in our culture right now. There's a storm that's brewing in our, in, for social justice, Right? And there's a storm that's happening there. Some of it's good, some of it's bad. I'm not even making a statement on that. I'm just saying there's this brewing, there's this hostility, there's this tension that's taking place. And people are jumping on all sides. There's this storm that's brewing in politics. Come on. Right? And everyone has a political agenda over here and over here and all this kind of stuff. And let me just tell you, it's only going to get worse. The storm's only going to increase. And we shouldn't be shocked by it either. And then there's the storm of religion, right? There's this storm of, I mean, religion is trying to, they're trying to throw religion on us everywhere, right? Throw it on us. All these rules and what Christians should be and what they shouldn't be and all, I mean, all these rules and regulations. You can't possibly be a Christian, Christian if you think this way or if you can't possibly be a Christian if you think this way. Listen, God is looking for a people, and he's inviting us, listen, to be yoked to him and to walk in gentleness and humility. Do you hear what I'm saying? We're not yoked to politics. We're not yoked to our, even our culture, right? We're, we're from a different kingdom. We're aliens. We're aliens here. We're supposed to walk a different way. We're not supposed to be influenced by all these other influences that are out there. We're supposed to walk influenced by Jesus and the message of the cross. And to walk and to live that out in every culture and in every situation. We're supposed to be influencing every one of those things that I said. Not being influenced by them. And the way that we do that is we allow Jesus, ourselves, to be yoked to Jesus. And to walk like he is walking. And to go into those low places. And to humble ourselves. And to walk in gentleness and humility. That's how we change our culture. That's how we live out the kingdom. That's how we fulfill our assignment. So I'm going to pray. Let's.
Invite the worship team up. We're about to worship the God of all creation, and he is gentle and kind and humble, and he loves to be with us, every one of us. So let's go ahead and stand up together. Father, we're just saying yes. I, I so you just want to partner with me in this prayer. This is my prayer. God, I just, I just want to say yes to you. God, forgive me for any harshness. Forgive me for any judgment or judgmentalism, God, towards other people. God, forgive, forgive me for coldness. God, for, forget, forgive me for exalting myself. Jesus, I want to want to walk. I want to go where you go. I want to walk where you walk. I want to look like you look. I want to say what you say. I want to see what you see in other people around me. Mold and shape my heart. Lord, I give you permission. Holy Spirit, come. I know you live in me, and I just I want you to mold and shape my heart. God, I know this is the place of rest, is walking side by side with you. It's being yoked to you. God, build me, grow my confidence as I walk with you, Lord, that of your presence right there beside me, Jesus. Help me and remind me, Lord, that you'll never leave me nor forsake me. And God, I just, I give you my yes, Lord. I give you my heart of uh, just surrendered, Lord, that whenever you want me to go lower, God, I'll go lower. Whenever you want me to go lower, I'll go lower, Lord, because I don't want to go anywhere without you. I don't want to be anywhere without you, Jesus. You're everything, God. You're my everything. You're my everything, Lord. You're my everything.